This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Basically establish that there's about four levels of financial security. And I guess we'll run through each one of those because that sort of dictates where you're sort of at. And once you do become financially free, that's obviously once your passive income starts to take care of all your expenses and then you can live basically without having to sacrifice anything. What are we talking about today, brother? All right, so I figured we'd have a chat about financial freedom and what that actually means because I don't think people actually understand what that means. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that you... I mean, it's simply, especially in what I do, it, it gets thrown around a lot. Like a lot of people when they come in and or, you know, they're taking one of our courses or whatever, they're, they're kind of really thinking about, okay, well... One of the words that they use to describe what they want is financial freedom. Mm. Um, but I think often it's people use even just something as such as a, a good wage, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, financially free in some people's minds can be um, well, just having enough money to live and not have to worry about it. Mm. Um, and, then in, and then what you soon realise is at that point is that you're probably not financially free because uh, you do have to worry about it and that's why you continue to try to work hard for your money. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I think probably what we're going to go through today is try to unpack what is financially free, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and what are some of the, what, what truly is it and, and how do you achieve it? Yeah, so I've basically established that there's about four levels of financial security and I guess we'll run through each one of those because that sort of dictates where you're sort of at. And once you do become financially free, that's obviously once your passive income starts to take care of all your expenses and then you can live basically without having to sacrifice anything. You know, so people often will sacrifice now or they'll sacrifice in the future depending on how much money they make in their income. Uh, But someone who's financially free, they don't have to make that sacrifice. You know, so yeah, let's unpack that. Awesome. What are, what are we thinking? How do you want to do this? Do we want to unpack what, what we believe a financially free is first and then we can dive into some of those levels? Yeah, I can do that. Cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, financial freedom is essentially when your passive income pays for your living standards. Um, so yeah, you won't have to essentially uh, work for a living. You become work optional, if that makes sense. And passive income can come from um, rental properties. It can come from uh, dividend-paying stocks, uh, annuities, uh, social security, all that sort of thing. And this is this is such an important thing, right? Because like we've identified this with the podcast. Like we cover business, we cover wealth, and we cover building your character. Mm-hmm. And we think that in order for you guys to improve your life. For anyone listening, for you, in order for you to improve your life dramatically, you really have to start to master those three things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we believe that in what the next ten years, that you know, seventy percent of people in the world are going to have to run their own business. Yeah, right. Because it's not going to make economic sense. Mm-hmm. You know, money's getting printed, um, the cost of living's going up, inflation, wages uh, aren't increasing. Wages yeah. aren't increasing at anywhere near the same rate, um, which means that you know, the cost of living is outrunning what we earn um, from having a job. So that's why more people are starting to think about becoming self-employed. Mm-hmm. More people are becoming freelancers. More people want that freedom. You know, that's why when we talk about financial freedom. But I think one of the most interesting things that I look at here is going, okay, well, and one thing that I started to realise on my journey and I see it with everybody and that's why we started this podcast and brought in the investors section to the to the podcast or the investors show is – once you earn money or you extract the value from your business, one of the key elements to um, being financially free, and again, I, I even look at it, fi- being financially free allows you to do what you want to do and mm-hmm. do more of what you want to do and not have compromised decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to start to get that money to work for you um, because it's comp- it, you know every single day it's getting less and less valuable, right? So, so w- one of my biggest pet peeves right is the money i worked extremely hard for the money that i especially in those early years you know when you have to grind yeah fuck (laughs) like i just think back to like 
you know, catching the train at Southern Cross Station at fucking getting there at 4am and just going, <laughs> oh man, like I was the only person there and I was yeah. just like, I think about those times and I think, fuck, like my, my money is just getting devalued. Like, uh, and, and that... You weren't thinking that at the time though, were you? Oh, hell no. You had no I had no idea. idea <laughs> no idea. But now I look back and, and even now it's like, you know, getting your money to work to at least just hold its value is yeah. so important yeah. um, to hold your purchasing power. Mm. So I think... Once you learn those principles so early on as well, you you can really establish that a um, dollar today could potentially equal $10 tomorrow. And once you have that realization, you start looking at that dollar in a whole different light. You right. know, because you work so hard for that dollar. And then the power of uh, compounding and that sort of thing can allow that money to grow for you without having to do a thing. Yeah, and it's like even the other way, right? Yeah. You know that how that dollar could become less. Oh yeah. If you're not, you know, like well, it is. It yeah, is, and exactly. that's the thing. But that most people don't realize that. Nah, it, you don't realize it because one dollar is seen as one dollar, and I think that was one of my biggest realizations after listening to Rao. Yeah. The other, I, I remember listening to his exponential age one, and it's like, well, the reason that we don't see that our dollars become less valuable is because we're always comparing currency to currency. Mm. So we might be comparing the Australian dollar to the US dollar, but they're both devaluing. So that's why we never really see... Yeah, they're all devaluing against each other. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> right? So so global fiat currency is all devaluing. Yeah. And that's why it's almost like an illusion. Like we just think that the world's fucking ticking over mm. in this grand old fashion mm. and everything's normal when in reality, um, you know, we're, our money's becoming less and less valuable and that's what we're seeing with property. You know, mm. uh, at the moment, um, people who are trying to buy property are being priced out of... You know, basically here in Melbourne, so for any of our Melburnians listening, um, you know, Sunshine's a million dollars now or yeah, close to. crazy. That's wild. Crazy. Like, you know, Braybrook's getting close to a million. It's like yeah. un, un, close to, right? But it's like I'm sure people around the world are experiencing this as well where it's like, you know, property prices are just soaring and you're forced to go buy somewhere that you, you don't necessarily want to live. And that's mm. that's a reality of life, you know, but it's just happening so much at the moment that, you know, it, it does show that um, your ability to be, to kind of get your money working for you um, and, and at least hold its value is so important to be able to build wealth in life. And, you know, one thing that I would say is we talk to Terry Condon, we talk to those guys and they're really good at explaining what we use money for, the mm. psychology of it, you know, the utility of it. What's um, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know? You've got to factor in all of those before anything else. Yeah, and one thing that, like, Tez has taught me over the journey as well is, like, you know, it, money is a utility or a tool. Money is a tool that allows you to do more of the things you want to do. So mastery, you know, um, travel, connection, love, all of these things are things that money allows you to do mm-hmm. more of, um, mm-hmm. you know. So going on holidays with your family, buying property, uh, you know, at your own home for your family, um, ma- making greater connections from travel potentially, um, you know, uh, and mastery, you know, getting better at the thing that you're passionate about. Um, so I think, you know, when we look at money through that lens, we actually start to look at it as a tool and then that's when we can start to maybe make some of these moves that allows you to be financially free. Mm. Well, something that I also realized is that obviously the more you earn, the more your expenses increase as well. But then you have that initial validation where you go out and you buy a nice car or you buy something that you wouldn't necessarily buy normally all to sort of get that instant hit of endorphins and and just feeling good about yourself and, and trying to prove yourself to others and that sort of thing. But that wears off so quickly and then it become it becomes about the things that fulfill you in life and the things that actually make you happy and then you, you soon realize that those things aren't necessarily um yeah goods that you buy you know it's about spending that time with your family and uh doing work that fulfills you and having a purpose outside of just um yeah accruing all these things that don't actually contribute to your life yeah and so being financially free means that you can work on those pursuits without having to worry um, about yeah slaving for, for for an extra um, for money in your bank account. Yeah, you know? and I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions, right? Is like uh, I think for a long time, even myself, um, but I know other people is like you know what do they do? They save for a house, right? Mm-hmm. Because they believe that 
you know, this is kind of like the Australian dream and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think the whole notion that you just huddle money in your bank account until you can buy a house, the way I th- think about this is like, it's almost like, imagine you had to like, okay, so imagine the goal was chasing down this Ferrari for some reason, mm-hmm. right? And the Ferrari starts at 10 kilometers per hour. So you're jogging after this car. Then every, let's say every kilometer, it goes to, it goes up 10 kilometers per hour, yep. right? So this car is getting faster and you're chasing this car because, you, you know, let's say that if you get, if you touch the car, you get to own it, mm. right? And you've got this Ferrari. It's almost like that. So what you what I and what I mean is is that let's say that the car is the house, right? And you're chasing and you wanna you wanna have this house. Except because your money's becoming less and less valuable, it's actually like that house is getting further and further away because you're trying to save money and that's what you believe is going Which to be. Which isn't even wealth. your own fault, you know, because those those stumps are being moved further and further away, not by your doing, but by all the stimulus and everything that you see or that you don't see in the background that is moving everything further away from you, you know, and and in that you need to take financial uh, responsibility for that and be aware of it um, because the sooner you become aware of it, the sooner you can put actions in place to try and get you there sooner. So whether it might be, I don't know, reducing your expenses or finding a, an additional income on the side or something like that. You know, that's the only way that you're going to get there. Yeah, 100%. And it's crazy to me, like, you know, from investing over the last three years and really kind of going hard at it, like making it something that I'm so self-aware about on a weekly basis, you know, really getting active, really doing my research, hitting some some big winners, mm-hmm. obviously losing as well. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I've realized is that it's crazy how... I'm not going to say easy, but how quick it can happen, mm. you know, and, and how, like, you just start to kind of become aware of, like, hang on a second, like, how wasn't I doing this prior? Mm. You know, because we talk about savings, and I know we've talked, or we've done a full podcast on that, so if you want to understand how to build sell, build your savings up and, and kind of understand about savings, go back and listen to that episode potentially after this one. But one of the biggest things was, like, okay, once I started to get my money to work for me, my wealth just started to grow exponentially. And it was like, you know, you struggle so hard for so long because you're trying to save money. And, well, you become... And you just you start to realise, you're like, okay, so why is this getting harder for me? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm my saving, I'm getting better at saving, but this isn't getting any easier. And that's because all your, your costs are going up at the same time yeah. and your wage isn't dramatically increasing unless you're getting active from that perspective as well. But even that, that's not the game that you want to be playing. Yeah. Well, I suppose you went from being more financially solvent to then becoming more robust with your wealth because you were starting to notice that your savings was getting to the point where you had six, 12 months, two years worth of savings in the bank Mm. and that sort of thing as opposed to living paycheck to paycheck or uh, sustaining your lifestyle with credit cards or whatever uh, the case may be. Um, And it wasn't until you you start to, uh, I guess, learn about... Uh, financial um, your financial situation and that sort of thing that you actually started to to really make a difference in that and it's amazing once you become a little bit more financially robust you then move closer and closer to that point where you will be freer yeah and I think the biggest lesson for me was just I mean I got pretty lucky my first ever investment was a winner Mm. Um, but I think from being active in the market and actually seeing how like the, the way that you can make money and then Putting, having more skin in the game. So instead of ha- having cash in the bank account, you know, like putting a, a certain, you know, I think we've got, what, three months worth of income or like expenses sitting in um, a bank account and then the rest is all in the markets and then what that can do when that money gets to work for you. Mm. Well, yeah, it's it's funny. Like the, there was a whole notion that like cash is, cash is king and all this sort of thing, whereas... Now, like once you actually realize um, what is happening, you'd soon realize that cash is actually trash. So you're better off having that money invested in some capacity. Doesn't have to be stocks, doesn't have to be crypto, whatever is, uh, whatever you're comfortable with. But the sooner you get that money to work for you, then the sooner you'll, um, you'll start moving up those ranks. 
I'm interested to hear about what you, what you, Andy, because I mean, for for someone like, because you're you're quite new to investing, yeah, right. So I'm actually quite interested to hear your perspective on it, because, um, I mean, I'm talking from someone who's still newish to to investing, but I'm kind of understand it now. But what what's your experience around like this kind of thing when it comes to like savings and 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 you know you've gotten into into investing at the moment like you've hit some winners on uranium and and these kind of things yeah. like how do you kind of perceive the the situation around savings and 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 you know is has it started to shift your mindset yeah well i guess inflation is a good one that kind of like even going to the supermarket now you go to the supermarket and you buy something everything's more expensive isn't it it's crazy when you said it i was like oh i noticed that now and mm. if you're if you're on an income that doesn't change very it's often. all small changes though like your electricity bill has started to increase petrol prices have increased it's got yeah. spread yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i think yeah i think it's it's definitely opened my eyes uh, def like you know eft's and sort of things like that where you can be making it you know 20 percent rather than before, inv- before I'd been to investing, you just put the money in your bank account and mm. that was seen as an asset, you know, like, oh, look, I've got 10, 15 grand. Like, mm. I got, m- like, my housemate's like 22. He's got, he's got like 10 grand. I'm like, fuck, you got to do something with it, mate. Handball it off. <laughs> you know what I mean? So just moving it into places where you're confident that it will sit. So that's been really... That's cool. it. And, like, you've, you've got to sort of, when you go in to make investments, you've got to go in realising that there's going to be times when the market does go down. And you're not always going to pick winners as well. My first two investments were losers. <laughs> um, Maya and Santos, which is an oil company. Um, I invested into that one right at its peak. And yeah, it, I think I lost 50% or something on it. But it was such a good learning experience for me. But you've got to invest realising that um, markets are going to go down at some point. So you just have to factor that into your decision making. I hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's and, and and that's what I mean is have actually having skin in the game just helps so much. Like you yeah. know, I, I hit a big winner with my first one on points bet, mm-hmm. um, and then my second stock tanked eighty percent. So yeah. you know, I kind of experienced both the highs and the lows, and I think just seeing how much your money can compound mm. um, is a really great insight initially to kind of going okay, well. If I do this properly and put some effort in here, because I think that's what humans need, we need to kind of have a bit of a clip where it's like, okay, this can actually work. Mm. Like, because a lot of people when they come into investing, they're like, oh yeah, it's just you know, I don't know where to start, and it's like we just use that excuse over and over again. Mm. And the reality is, is like nobody really knows where to start. Like you can you can sit down with an expert and think you know it all, but until you've got money in the markets, mm. you don't truly understand. You read Skin in the Game, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Same thing applies with business as well. You know, once you have actual skin in the game and it's all off your own bat, you have to do the work yourself. That's when you realize, like, that's when it finally triggers within you that shit, I've actually got to step step up here and actually provide for myself and provide for my family and that sort of thing. Yeah. Or like, I could lose the money I'm putting in. Like, yeah. you know, um, if you, like, you know, uh, <laughs> that's one of the scariest things you know like i remember when we first invested in bitcoin mm-hmm. you know like we we kind of had to make a decision and and we were going to go pretty pretty heavy you know and and you did as well and it's like well i could potentially lose this money so i just want to make sure this is the right decision mm-hmm. i yeah i did what it was like eight months worth of research for that one decision and i went big on it and i don't think i slept well the, yeah you didn't sleep <laughs> right first month i remember you coming into work month, and like, yeah but I slept bloody good during December last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, it, it's such a good point, right? Because it's like, you know, what? I, I think, I know you're up, what, 200%? Yeah. Right? And I'm up, I reckon I'm up about 170, mm-hmm. right? On, on those investments. Um, and it's crazy. Like that's 107. So I've, we've pretty much doubled our money for going to sleep at night. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there was a lot of research involved, but now that money just compounds and compounds and mm-hmm. compounds. Um, and it's it's crazy. Like, I was looking... Uh, man, I reckon I reckon for the last... Apart from today, which we're, we're kind of seeing a sea of red, um, but I reckon for, the what, the last six weeks or the last kind of... Yeah, around that. Like, man, like, I've been waking up and, and like, you know, the, the gains have been real, right? But it's crazy because you, you kind of look at it and... 
And it's like that money is like that's a wage, <laughs> you know. Like what it, over the last six weeks, it's like almost it's more than a wage. To mm-hmm. be fair, like um, it, it would be twice the average wage just going up. Yeah, and and that's just because that that money is getting to work. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a part of what we're talking about when we talk about financial freedom. Is like how well can you get the money that you're extracting from either a company or a job and get that to go to work for you? Mm. Because if you can do that. And you can build those habits and and, um, behaviors, you'll continuously, you'll get better at it, you'll learn, but that money will just keep getting to work for you. And eventually that's what leads to financial freedom. Exactly. Well, I I even checked my my portfolio. I did the numbers on just my stocks, so not including crypto or anything like that. My portfolio is up 69% year to date so far. And it hasn't been a great year. It hasn't been a great year. It's been although it's wait. been a year where it's sort of tracked sideways, especially in the investments I'm in. And yet, it sort of took me back a little bit. I was like, "Where did this come from?" Mm. You know. And this is just how how markets. Obviously, they don't go up like that all the time, um, but it's just such a blessing, mm. you know. And it allows me to work on projects like this and to pursue other uh, business ideas. I don't have to worry about. Um, living paycheck to paycheck that's one of the because biggest I've ones. built up to that point that's easily one of the biggest ones like when you don't have compromised decisions and you can do the things you're most passionate about mm. you know like a lot of people don't get that and, and I, I feel fo- so much more fulfilled than i ever have yeah. at this point yeah 100 percent. and that's one that's one thing like again we understand that you for you guys that are listening you want to do what you're passionate about you want to do what you feel most um you know, uh, fulfilled doing, right? And and a big part of that is obviously being able to build wealth and get financial freedom. So, all right, let's start to break down some of these these core areas. So these these four levels or tiers to financial freedom and kind of maybe we can give some examples and, and just kind of break them down. Yeah, so the first step is basically being financially solvent. So this is when you're living paycheck to paycheck. You might have credit card debt, and you're basically one step away from financial ruin. You know, if you lose your job, that's going to have a significant impact on your life. It's going to cause you a lot of stress. And this is the area that you need to try and get out of as, as quickly as you possibly can. Only way to do that is to try and upskill yourself and focus on your expenses. You know, if you can get your expenses down to a point where you are, you're living comfortably and that sort of thing, and you're able to then start um, prioritizing um, your work you might want to like get promoted focus on your sales within your business and that sort of thing get to that point where you can start to put money aside um, and and get to the point where it to start uh, working for you yeah I think so so like I look at myself and and, and and a really easy example is me you know like I well we all start there you know when especially when you're young you you're unskilled you haven't got experience you got to take um, that entry level role. Once you start to build up uh, from that stage, that's when you start to it gets a little bit easier. But you've, we all start there. Yeah, like for me, I was earning like my com like when I was a personal trainer, my company was doing you know we were doing probably 160, 180 grand a year in revenue. But <laughs> your man, expenses, my were terrible. expenses were so like I just remember like from the age of like twenty to twenty three, twenty four, like. Man, like I was living week to week and I was, and I was traveling a lot. I did a lot of travel and stuff like that, but I was just spending all my money. And I just remember like, you know, I talked about this the other night on a live with someone, but like going through periods of anxiety and these kind of things. Yeah. Um, and, and purely one, because I was trying to live outside my means, you know, and, and that's because when you come from like, uh, you know, like a place where you, you haven't earned much money before and you start earning money, you kind of attach certain ident or a certain identity to that money so for me it was like living in a certain area you know and and what i ended up doing was living in like a shoebox in a certain area that still cost me a lot of money mm. um you know i spent i was spending more back then on where i was living than what i am now yeah right and and like you know my, my financial position is it's 10 so times different. as good right <laughs> yeah. it's so different yeah. but i was spending more back then and then getting a new car you know um and then the other side of it was like 
there was all these expenses even within my business that I was spending to to make it look like I was doing better than what I was. Yeah. And then I was spend you know like there was just ridiculous amount, ridiculous amounts of spending going on, mm. um, even though I was bringing in good money um, and I was living you know paycheck to paycheck. Sometimes I might build up some good capital, um, but and then you go and blow it on exactly a night out or a holiday, a holiday. or something like that. And it's like no, but I deserve that. There's nothing wrong really with hard. that though. You know, I think when you're young, you still have to go out and chase those experiences. I think you can do both, though. Well, yeah. Yeah, like, and that's yeah. that's the thing is, like, I don't, and, you know, there's going to be 20-year-olds listening to this, and I just hope that you don't do it that way because mm. you can do both. Mm. I know people that did both. So I, some a strategy that I did, uh, that I used when I was younger and didn't have that much income was I would set aside $10 a day. So that would give me $3,650 that I could go and spend on a holiday. Obviously, it's not going to get you much, but it's still something. Like that That's a, that's a nice Bali trip. Bali or something, yeah, for mm. us here in Australia. Um, and that's guilt-free. Like you can go and spend all of that. And you don't have to worry. But at least then I had money saved away. Like it, you want to get to that point where you at least have three months saved away, you know? So then that way, if you do happen to lose your job or something like that, you're not stress that you're going to have to go onto the dole um, and you, you're not going to have to start just taking job offers for the sake of taking a job offer. Yeah, so so one of the big things would be getting rid of debt, yeah. paying down debt, first of all. Avoid credit cards. Oh, man. If you don't have a good relationship with credit, do not use a credit card. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the devil. Oh, yeah. They're the devil. Once you get into that debt cycle where they just... I've seen people, um, my mum was the same as well. She had credit cards and you end up just living to pay off your credit card. I had to, you know, like I I made some mistakes early on in life, like crashing a car and these kind of things, which put me into debt. And I had to, I had to kind of work my way out of that. But, um, and, and even though it's funny, like there would be nights that I would go out and I'd, you know, or or something like that when I was younger and, and I would spend on the credit card (laughs) and it's like, you know, that was just me being young and dumb. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I didn't get myself into that credit card debt from just getting a credit card and spending it on dumb shit. Like, I just made a mistake and that was the only way I could pay off that mistake. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, so so that kind of led me down that track. But for that, that, I would almost say that that is the sole thing that put me five years behind. Because, mm. like, I just had to pay that down. I think I ended up paying down, like, 60 grand or something like that. Yeah. Well, I know people who would get a credit card that go on a holiday on the credit card and then they'd come back to work it off that my grandfather would be rolling in his grave if he heard that like he was he instilled in me you do the hard work first and then you reward yourself whereas too many people now especially this was when we were younger they'd get a credit card they'd book a holiday on it and then they'd come back and have to grind so hard and then they have no reprieve because I think the other thing is once you get that debt paid off and you start to build up your savings once you get to that three-month mark like it's security it's it just, game on more importantly yeah. like well, that's yeah. when you can really pump money into the markets yeah like you know the way i look at it now is is it within myself is like i only ever really sit on like that three months worth of cash in the bank i get anxiety having cash in the yeah. bank yeah and then the know? rest of it's just like boom pumping money in and at the moment that's yeah. like you know we just well you know one thing that we're doing you know is kind of trying to learn about nfts mm. well it's like yeah like you know we look at nfts and as an investment you know I, I think i put about seven grand worth of um, money into nfts mm. like I'm, I'm actually setting a goal of i want to get that to 20 mm-hmm. right like and i just want to because i want to keep flipping them to kind of get it to that point but it's like the reality is is you get to do that stuff and you get to kind of explore and you get to kind of you know even with crypto and and stocks and these kind of things like instead of having to put that money into debt or or even just into savings once you get to that point where you've got debt free you've got that 2 to 3 months worth of income sitting in the in the bank then basically 100% from there can actually go into the markets yeah. if you've got that that kind of risk tolerance and i yeah. think that's where you can really start to probably move towards that next level of financial freedom, which is, um, I think it's robustness, you, you said. Well, you and I have been talking about NFTs quite a lot over the last couple of weeks. I just think it's, it's like more and more people need to be aware of this. I invested into an NFT on the weekend that cost me $8,000. It earns me 10 US dollars every single day. The yield on that over the course of a year is 67%. 
Can you imagine that? 67% yield. It's crazy, isn't it? On something like this. So after a year and a half, I will have paid off that whole NFT. How is it giving you $10 a day? It's just going up. It earns, um, it earns to- uh, tokens. <laughs> it's insane. And yeah, this is just something that I just can't believe that this is now a thing. But back in the day, it used to be flipping real estate. Now it's flipping NFTs. Yeah, but uh, again, like the ability to do that... You have to get to the point exactly. where you can take that Like risk. I have to yeah. have seven grand there yeah. that we're willing to put in. Yeah. Right? And I think that's one of the things that, you know... So over the, the course of the time that I've known you, you sort of, you went from that stage where you were solvent to now to the point where you were then robust. You had, you were able to save up about six to 12 months worth of income or savings. Um and it just allowed you to have a little bit more freedom to pursue these different investments and also to take more chances on your business as well because you had that financial backing um, where you weren't just living paycheck to paycheck anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably haven't lived paycheck to paycheck since I was about 24, but I would say that uh, over that time, I was probably doing it the slow way, right? Yeah. Like I think what I would say is is that my, my percent of money in the market was probably like, you know, I'd put like 20% of my money in the market, whereas now it's like 70, Yeah. right? So so it's like, I think that's the transition that you make. And I think that's that's really where that passive income starts coming in, where you're not reliant on, you know, you're, you're not just purely reliant on business growth. Um, yeah. and, and you well, can you've reined in your expenses too. You're the biggest tight ass I know. Yeah, well, <laughs> and you know what? I've always been like that. Um. I've never really, oh, that's not true. When I was younger, I wasn't, but, you know, as it's gone by. Well, you're not spending your money on going out partying or extravagant holidays and that sort of thing. Yeah. You, you travel now with a purpose instead of just going over to, to get fucked up, basically. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's kind of like, I think, make, you know, taking that step, right, is, is really important. And I think that's the difference is like, your savings actually grows, yeah. you know, not just when you put money into it, but it grows when you're not looking at it. And yeah. and that's, you know, it's like 10% a month is all you need. Yeah. 10% a year, you know, if you were to do that over a long period of time. But, mm. you know, if you can get 10% or, you know, that's 10% a month, even a lot. But even if you're getting like 5% a month or 3% a month, mm. you know, you can compound that over the year. And that's like what you said, that's that 60% growth. And, you know, for everyone listening, put whatever you've got in your savings right now, imagine that you had an extra 70% sitting there and you didn't have to work for it. And it just happened because you made the right decisions and you put, you know, you spent your spare time researching the markets instead of watching Netflix and you spent your time reading articles instead of scrolling on your phone and or going on Instagram. And, and these are the kind of little decisions that you start to shift. You know, when I get up in the morning, I, you know, I, I, the first thing I do um, is is study and, and I'll research and I'll do these things. Um, and that's why I get up at 4.30 in the morning. You know, I get up at 4.30 so I can do those things before I start my business day because that's where I do a lot of my learning and a lot of my research. And I think you, your behaviours will follow and that's probably one thing that we, we you know, that will start we, to allow know, you to be financially you and free. I spent the whole weekend researching, you know, like we were learning and we were buying and selling NFTs pretty much all weekend. Yeah, purely yeah. just to learn. Yeah, but I actually enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed doing that because it meant that I was moving myself forward. For you sure. Know? And I, I made money off it as well. All right, so let's talk financial robustness then. So what does that, what does that mean to someone? Yeah, so as I said, six to 12 months of uh, savings in the bank. Uh, you, you probably don't have any high interest, so you have no credit card debt or anything like that. You may have debt still, um, from might be student loans or it might be from a mortgage, but it's all low interest. Um, but you're still at a point where if you lost your job, you would start to eat into your net worth because obviously you would have to use that money to start paying off your expenses and that sort of thing. And then the next step is financial freedom. So you get to the point where um, you... You're at a point where you don't have to solely rely on a job. You, you become sort of work optional, if that makes sense. So you might have, say, 10 years worth of savings in the bank. 
How do you get to that point? Because that's the biggest question here, right? It's not about understanding what is what. Yeah. It's about going. So, how do you start to move up those layers? So we we just talked about some of the behaviors, some of the actions, some of the things you have to do to get from financially solvent to financially robust. Mm-hmm. But I think that next step is one thing that is is really important. So, and and when you say that, when you don't have to rely on a job, so that obviously means that you've got an, enough. You're earning enough from investments that it allows you to potentially even just take a few years off or, or something like that. Mm. So the way that I went about it was I focus on my expenses. I got my expenses right down to the point where I was then able to put away, say, 30 to, say, 50% of my income into my stock picks and that sort of thing. Uh, and then gradually over time, that compounds to the point where your savings is at that point where you've got 10 years stashed away uh, and that's when you can start to have real significant um, effects on the returns that you make because, say, a 10% return on $10,000 is only $1,000. That's not going to make that much of a difference in your life. 10% return on $100,000 is $10,000. Yes, that's you're starting to, to make a bit of a difference to your life, an extra $10,000 that... Uh, could potentially go towards more savings or anything. Ten um, percent return on a on a million dollars. That's when you start to really make a difference because that's that's a hundred thousand dollars. And that's why properties, like you know, in the grand scheme of things, property is like can be one of those things that can be life changing because at the end of the day, you're leveraging debt to get an increase and so you know if i can borrow a million dollars and we get that 10 percent increase on a million dollars we're making 100k mm. right so um and that's you know that's obviously uh, one way that people can can kind of build that you just up. have to be smart with debt you know you, if especially in um the current environment where you can get out uh, debt at a really low interest rate it makes sense to then be able to uh, accrue more wealth via property i take out debt to, to buy more equity or crypto um but i can do that because i've got enough to fall back on obviously i wouldn't suggest everyone do that um but we do it all in property you know property is the same thing uh and it allows you to build up equity uh, and you're not wasting that money away on on rent and that sort of thing um but yeah, you've got to be smart about it you don't want to be just accruing personal loans or credit cards and that sort of thing because that's when you get yourself into trouble. So, you, so, so, I guess the the way to kind of go about it then is is to continuously, or like you know, try to get as much of your money as possible that you are earning. You know, so if you do have a, a job or a company, how can you get as much of that money as possible to work for you? And mm-hmm. and your aim should be to do that over time. Yeah. And build up your positions because that's that's how you compound your wealth. You know, as soon as the sooner you start to do that and realize that that new car or that new Gucci handbag or whatever it might be doesn't actually bring you that much happiness. If anything, it causes you more stress because you've just gone out and spent this money on something that, especially in terms of a car, ends up costing you more money because you've got more maintenance uh, and these sort of things. So, the sooner you start to realize that and to put that money to work and get it to really start compounding for you, that's when you know you're, you're getting into a position where you are going to be more financially free in the future. Mm. So important, isn't it? And I think one of the things, we actually talked about this with PJ on the podcast, but one of the best things that I've done is map out my expenses for the whole year. Yeah. Right. So absolutely get everything nailed down. Mm. What, are, what am I spending for the whole year? Mm. What things can I cut back on, you know, and what things don't I, do I not have to spend, you know? Mm. Um, like, you know, I, would, I, would, I reckon I would live off, you know, if I'm looking outside of what I pay for my living, right? So like for, for where I live, I reckon... And I, you know, we 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 save. I would save fifty percent of my wage, mm-hmm. and I reckon I live off three hundred bucks a week mm-hmm. outside of my wage, two fifty. So that's when you know that's including food. Yeah. Right. So so like I'm and and like that's me being a minimalist. Like I buy one new T-shirt every year, mm-hmm. but you know, and it's probably one thing I can get better at. But it's like I think that's again like I look at that's a consequence of the fact that I've seen what getting my money into the markets can do. Um, And I think, you know, especially right now we're in really big, um, 
there's a lot going on, but I think we're also in probably one of the biggest opportunities of our lifetime. Um, and and that's for me is like that's where my if if it means I have to look like a bum for for the if you, you know for for two years mm. to get that money in the market and to do those things, then I'm willing to do it. Mm. So you want to get to the point where you, being financially free means that you're not necessarily having a sacrifice. You're not having a sacrifice today in order to live a better future. Um, or you're not having a sacrifice, having a better future in order to live for today, you know. And so that's what financial freedom means to me. And obviously, it means something different to to everybody, but that's ultimately what I see it as. And I'm now at the point where my returns far outseed my expenses, and so I can continue living and have my money continually grow for me, and that allows me to then pursue other things. And and I'm not the type of person I need to go out. And have a nice car or anything like that. Although sometimes I feel a little bit, <laughs> bro. You every three months you're test driving something new. He's got a Maserati out the front. What's he talking about? <laughs> but I just I quickly realised that something like that isn't going to make me happy, and it's it's forced me to really knuckle down and realise or prioritise uh, self awareness and actually discovering what makes me happy. And so for me, it's pursuing. Uh, businesses that actually I'm passionate about, exercising, spending time with people that I care about, family, friends, and that sort of thing. Um, and that's actually the thing that I'm working towards, you know. And I now have the freedom to be able to f- prioritise all of those things as opposed to working because I need to pay for for my living, you know. And I guess that's what a lot of people are striving for, you know. it's In my opinion, it shouldn't be about going out and buying nice cars or having a bigger house like because those things don't matter at the end of the day it's elon you know uh, i mean elon's living in a 400 square foot house at the moment yeah it's a box house it's like put together it's it's crazy ridiculous Mm. sold all of his assets Mm. um and it's interesting right like because he i think he had like what he probably i think he he had like nearly 90 to to 100 million dollars worth of property Property, before this and and then he sold it down and and he lives in like a a place that would probably not not much bigger than the office we're sitting in yeah. right now. Well, I think he realised that one of the strongest traits of happiness is flow. You, you know, when you get in that that feeling that you're just in flow and you're working on something that you're passionate about and that sort of thing, to me, that is true happiness. You know, and you you do you get that small spike in um in feeling good about yourself and that sort of thing when you do go out and you you buy something that you really like and you should be able to do that but it's not long lasting is it it only lasts for a little bit and eventually you realize that that car is just like any other car you know the big it it costs you more too the biggest thing for me like none of that stuff makes me happy and i've been self-aware of that for a very long time like You know the way I think about financial freedom is about that. Is that I just want to I just want to be able to work on what I want to work on. You know, um, spend time with Noah my, and Lee, my family. And, yeah. You know, like when I have kids, I want to be able to pick them up from school. I want to be able to drop them off. I want them to be able to do what they want to do in life. You know, mm. Tobes talked about this. You know, and and that kind of resonated with me a lot. Is that I know that I'm going to be having a family soon, so I just want them to be able to do what they want to do in life. I want Liv to be able to do what she wants to do in life. Like want to, you know, and 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 allow her to to kind of prosper and do the things she wants to do because we were able to put the work in now and, and become financially free. And and that's the biggest thing is that I just I want to do what excites me in life. I don't want to ever be held back. I want to do what I'm most passionate about. You know, I want to be able to podcast. I want to be able to mm. you know, I want to be able to do these things without having to worry. And I want my family to be able to do the things they want to do without having to worry. And I think that's the thing for me about being financially free that drives me to want to do these things, you know, like um and, and want to improve. And and I'm someone that I'm just, you know, we've talked about this, curious, you know, like yeah. I want to be able to be curious. Like mm. I want to be able to go in and research NFTs for three days in a row if mm. I can, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's why I'm so big on what we're doing here as a, as a company, you know, like and, and what we're doing with this podcast is we're teaching business. We want people to understand how to create a business that allows them passivity, right, and, and the ability to be passive and earn a passive income through their business, mm. extract value from that turn that into a wealth building machine outside of their business and then have the character to to kind of face the obstacles that that come you know along this journey 
um, and and so that they can find true happiness and live the life that they want to live. Um, and and that's because I'm on that journey. You know, I'm living that day in day out. You're living that day in day out. Um, and 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 that's something that we're just super passionate about. And and more than anything, we're just sharing our learnings and sharing our experiences. And because um, you can see at the crux of everything we're talking about right now is the fact that there are people out there that struggle, right? And there are people out there that go through pain, you know? I have people that reach out to me and, and you know, um, I'm sure you do too, but even when I'm working with business owners and, and you just see the pain and the struggle and mm. the words that come out of their mouth about what they want and, and I just want to be able to do this for my family, the same words we're talking about right now. Yeah. Um, and in reality, you know, I truly believe that the system isn't set up for that. No. The system's not set up for that. Otherwise, we would learn this stuff in school. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, um, jobs you know, you would be earning more money for your jobs compared to the cost of living, not less. Mm. So the system at the moment is broken. It's not set up for that. But really what we're trying to do is help people navigate that. And financial freedom is one of those things that, again, you know, what would what would you be doing right now if you didn't have to do the things that you are forced into doing, mm. right? And that's, I think, a place that I, I do hope that um, – everyone can get to right and 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 that's you know that's probably the mission right like that's the vision of what we're trying to do is create awareness and it needs to be accessible you know this is not costing anybody a cent yeah click on your phone listen in take notes go and apply it and that's that's really what this is all about the vision for this company and you know i think that's that's why we we're trying to incorporate all of these different elements for everybody listening Mm. it's a journey of self-actualization isn't it you know, we're like our mission is to continually optimize our lives for happiness. You know, and in doing that, it allows us to to pursue these things that we're able to do every day, and allows us to be curious and to and to focus on these um on these pursuits that that you and I really enjoy. But we only enjoy that because they're still continuously moving us forward and putting us into that flow state. You know. Hundred percent. Mm. I'm going to do some quick fire questions for you. Sorry, Andy. Here we go. I don't know what Andy was just doing. So we're going to we're going to we're going to pin that on Andy just then. <laughs> um, all right. So what's based on what we've talked about today? What's your one piece of advice for people when it comes to um, gaining financial freedom? Look at your expenses. Drill down on where your money is going, and don't appease others by purchasing goods that you don't necessarily want or care about. Realise the things that actually make you happy and pursue them at all costs, focus on them, and everything else will, will come along with it. Awesome. All right, the next one is generational wealth. This is a really interesting one. A lot of people look to build wealth to pass it down to someone. Is that something you believe in? And mm-hmm. it, like... Or do you think that it's better for someone to work that out themselves? Oh, that's a good question. I would say, to me, it it means a lot. Um, I'll be teaching my kids all about financial literacy. Uh, I'll be teaching them to stack sats, all of this sort of thing, and to, to sort of make their life a little bit easier because you don't want your kids or your grandkids to have that struggle, you know, because it is like the grind is hard. It's hard for a reason because it feels like the whole system is against you. And so for me, it's important. But yes, there is an element where you have to um, allow them to learn that for themselves. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. This is a really hard one. Like, I definitely want to do it, but I definitely want, you know, I want my I want my, my children to, to... I don't actually not want them to experience what I experience because I think mm. it, it's like, there's a saying, name the son of a good man who's the son of a good man. Mm. And... I, I, I don't, I don't mean like spoiling them to the point yeah. where like they're getting cars and all that sort of thing. I just like for me, it's about having the like allowing them to have a, to live in a nice home, to be able to go to a good school, to be able to not have to worry about uh, like where their next meal coming from and that sort of thing. I think it comes down to the morals and that sort of thing that you're actually teaching them along the way. Uh, and so if you're giving them those life lessons you, where you have conversations about money over the dinner table. Uh, and you're teaching them about uh, yeah, how to be a good person and to uh, communicate with other people and to treat people with respect, I think 
just having that that backup where they've got that level of understanding about how it all works, uh, I think that's the way uh, that you want it to work, you know. You, you don't just want to be going out there and buying them cars and all that sort of thing because that comes with all s- other sorts of issues. For sure. Mm. All right, so to follow up that then, what's your biggest piece of advice for someone who might be 20 years old and watching this? Go out there and try everything and upskill and just be curious about the world. Go out and travel, uh, but also work hard. Work hard. Um, find a mentor if you can as well. Finding mentor was the biggest game changer for me uh, because it got me into goal setting. It started making me actually think about money um, and it taught me new skills. So that's what I would focus on. For sure. Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up, guys. So financial freedom. Well, you got your three your three levels of financial three freedom, which is financially solvent financially robust and then eventually financial freedom but i think the biggest takeaway is, is get your money in the markets start looking and doing your research go get mentors surround yourself with with good people people that are going to bring you up that are going to guide you in the right way um and look to get that money to work for you to hold its value um and and that's that's how you can start to get the 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 compound growth that we're talking about and don't just get your money into the markets because if you do that like come up with a, a strategy first that's going to work for you because if you happen to invest last week and now you're going through the market what we're seeing today uh it's not a bad thing though right oh no it's it's great because if you can get through something like this it's going to give you a stronger stomach for what's to come in the future um i think uh there was a study that was done if you hold your investment for at least 10 years there's like 99.7% of the time you're going to make money uh, there's going to be companies within your portfolio that you actually lose money on, but over the course of how it all plays out, uh, your winners tend to win and they win big. So focus in on that. Oh, God, thank God we're finishing right now. I've got the hiccups. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm struggling. But, guys, we really hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, uh, sorry, I've got... I, <laughs> That's really great. hope you enjoyed this episode, guys. Um, we're going to keep trying to t- uh, tell this story and, and na- help you guys navigate life and, and, again, around business, wealth, and character. Um, you know, obviously, we, we kind of went in a bit more depth into why we do what we do and what we're trying to do with this podcast. So we really appreciate all the support. Like, honestly, I can't say how grateful I am and, and I know everybody else is about the support that we're getting right now. Um, all the shares on Instagram, all the, the just the messages – um, the comments, you know, watching, subscribing to the channel, absolutely everything. It's it's amazing. Um, so we're just really appreciative, really grateful, um, and, and we're really glad to be a part of your journey. I'm gonna I'm losing it. I'm sorry guys. <laughs> really hope you enjoy the episode and we'll see you next week. <laughs> Cheers guys. <laughs> <laughs>